It's John DePietro weekdays from 11 to 2. Remember, it's on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online. Visit the website, dipietro.com. You can contact me there. You can also, uh, if you want to find out about advertising on the program, you can read the independent report. And if you ever miss any part of the show, just go to dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop in and see Ron and Melissa, their bakery, Cafe 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Now, they're right off Silver Spring Street. Look for their Facebook page, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They have delicious Zeppelas. They have everything you need for St. Patrick's Day. They have cookies and pastry. They have chocolate-covered donuts. They have cannolis. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, world famous. You'd always see them at Waterfire. There'd be a line around the block. Everything is fresh. Brownies, cakes, pies, and they have the exclusive Trump pastry. That's right, making pastry great again. Try some of the Trump cupcakes or the Trump cannolis. You're going to love it. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They're new. They're open. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. They are right next door to a AAA location in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. Again, stop it and see them making pastry great again. They have the uh, Trump gift basket that you can get. That's always terrific. But everything is fresh. Ron, for 55 years, what does he do? He creates delicious, fresh pastry. And it's and for perfect for St. Patrick's Day, for a Trump rally, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Look for them on Facebook. And again, cookies, pastry, uh, brownies, chocolate-covered donuts, cannolis, zapolas, and everything. All Trump pastry as well. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Remember, weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at DePietro.com, and my email is john at DePietro.com. Folks, it's time for another edition of DePietro Debate. I have several siblings, but joining me, she is a Massachusetts communication consultant. We want to, uh, once again, the DePietro debate with Donna DePietro with Donna Perry. Uh, Donna Perry, uh, DJ, I want to start off. You wrote a uh, very, very powerful piece that I believe at some point will be published. And um, I'd like you to touch on it and share with everyone. Yes. Thanks, John. And good to be with you. Um, Good to be with you today. So the piece I put, um, I think like a lot of us, um, we're trying to find our way through these kind of uh, crazy, unexpected days. And, you know, for me, um, doing some column writing is kind of, in a way, it's therapeutic. You want to get it out and you want to talk about what's going on. Um, so this piece I put, and I'm going to try to have the Coronavirus Chronicles as a regular thing, and I posted to my Facebook page. I love it. But, and what I think kind of ran through my mind, J.D., I wanted to hit on, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, different themes, and you can't get into everything crazy, but I think the point of this first one I wrote is almost like the shock factor of it all for all of us. I mean, and I felt, for different reasons of how the virus has moved and how government reacts, at least to me, I felt like this thing went from, like, zero to 100 in, like, One week, right? Like we all knew earlier in the winter there would be, oh, you know, in China there's this uh, epidemic and and then there's like it might go around the world. Well, let's be honest. Our lives go on. There are many issues that go around, you know, health crises around the world. And I just felt like it came on our doorstep finally like so at 100 miles an hour. It felt so sudden. And to all of us who live in a free country, I think it's just so startling to see how rapidly um, things just have really almost like hit this shutdown point. And there's just a lot of issues around that when you get into not just the psychology of the, the fear, really, obviously, of all that goes around something like this. But also what I was trying to touch on is you know, the sense of like loss or just like people like our lives are stuck in place. And this is a season of um, for and whether it's young people or people our age where you have milestones coming up and you have, you know, you try to celebrate a young person. And, and I feel that very that way for young people. 
and they wait so long to, you know, walk that stage, whatever it is, you know, my sports award, my diploma and all that stuff. And I know in the face of a larger thing like this, you say, well, you know, that we just want to have our health, but that's very hard to tell, you know, 17 year olds. That's just one piece of it. Um, And I also thought that what has been so gripping about this is when, you know, when you go through our lives and through our adult life and we would worry always about, oh, you know, foreign uh, affairs and conflicts. And when we were younger, J.D., you know, the, the nuclear age was very sort of present when in the 70s. And people would, you know, there was a lot of that. And it, it just strikes me that this kind of, you know, gross molecule, which is the image we see on TV every 10 seconds, is, is the threat, you know, that it's become this thing, as Trump says, the invisible enemy. Um, and it's just something, you know, obviously none of us could be prepared for, but in maybe that's what almost makes it so sort of frightening. It's, you know, we've never had this where you're almost like fearing another person. Yes. You're yes. near me. Do you have it? So. Right. And you know what else? And, and there's a lot there. Um, we are conditioned. There's certain things that we've become conditioned. All right. There's going to be heavy snow or we think back to, you know, Joe Garrahy and the blizzard. But even with that, we are conditioned and have been too. okay, so we have to stay inside for one or two days and then right. they're going to get the plows out and then you're back out or maybe even a hurricane. I, there's so many different dynamics of this, obviously, and I'm not going to you know, keep saying it's like everyone else that it's unprecedented, but, but there's no, we're, we're just not geared towards everything kind of has a timeline to it. Everything has, right. how long is this going to go? You have some people that they even fly out before a snowstorm is going to hit or you evacuate before a, a hurricane, but yeah. there's nowhere to go. And, you know, you also said something else as far as, you know, not what weapon shot, no foreign army. You really see, Donna Perry, for all of our military might, and we have the finest in the world and so forth, you really see why a bioweapon is, is, is so powerful. Yes. Because, and, and, and thank God we haven't lived through anything like that, and we don't believe that's really what it was. The whole thing is still uncertain of how this strain started. Yeah, but exactly. you really see why in the past they would work on a bioweapon, because... If these were somehow viruses that were just, you know, launched into a country, just how paralyzing and not right away, not like a bomb, right, that goes off and right. you see the destruction. It's and President Trump is right about uh, the invisible ear of it. The other thing about this is and just it, it hits close home to us because as someone that, you know, I cover the news daily and leading up to this, the entire story was. Obviously, uh, Bernie and had become Bernie and Biden. And then locally it was, you know, the Matty Yellow Watch and what was happening with that. But in our own family, and you were the one, I think, that had told me that one of our siblings, our sister Rosemary, uh, who's a teacher and uh, has a Ph.D. and was coming back from Vietnam because they were closing the university that she teaches at in Vietnam. And when I talked to her and welcomed her back and how are you and you're starting to catch up she said she said and it was the last week of february i'm just surprised the story doesn't have isn't getting bigger play here because the way it's being played over there it's on the front page it's all anyone talks about and so i started to really monitor the local media and i noticed there really wasn't anything journal pro joe maybe a clip here or there nothing right that would right. uh you know any type of of warning or anything now a big part of that is government it was that Thursday, March 5th, was when the Department of Health and Governor, when they had their first press conference. But by then, word had already been leaking around that there was that man from St. Raphael's. But prior to that, Dr. Scott and the local media, they've kind of let it go. But the only comments she had on the virus was that it was flu-like and that um, it was encouraging anti-Asian sentiments and and obviously both of those we've learned more you know it's far more deadlier uh, than the flu there's no right. vaccine for right. it there's no cure and, and, right. and it was certainly not as a result of any anti-asian you know bias it obviously i mean you can see it where italy is right now but i also want you to touch on how you're right people seem frozen we are stuck a little bit of of like you wake up like how did this how did this happen 
Right. And, and I think that people really reflect, even at the highest government level, um, they, they definitely feel so thrown by this. And that was part of what I was trying to get to. I think for our entire adult life, like you just have never seen, and I uh, said this like you, you know, kids and say, look, this is history you're living through, good or bad. <laughs> I mean, it is. Um, and we will get through it as, as we, we get through all things in our, in our country. But this is, I think it's very frightening about where is the timeline, where is the end point? As you say, J.D., our experiences with devastating hurricanes, snowstorms, and you think, okay, got to hunker down four days in the house. I mean, we know we live in a country where they run out and get bread and milk. It's kind of a, now it's a cliche. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're going to have snow, people run out. So um, this is definitely, uh, really, I think it could be a country-changing event. I really, really do. Um, and when you think about even the post days of 9-11, John, um, I, I think you, you will see, and we may get to that later in the discussion, but I think, you know, this, this can have transformative effect, good and bad, um, on, on the country because there will be protocols, for instance, health-wise, in my view, that will come into play that we hadn't seen before, whether it is distancing regulations, whether school has to, you know, somewhat change, um, sanitary, or I've thought of this, like I think, well, if you're in a, a public store, a public hand washing station, I don't think that's impossible to create. And, you know, the, the things like that, that may be small, but that's, I think there are larger things. This will definitely transform, but, um, I also, if I may, John, I, I want to know. I'm going to jump into Go that. Ahead. I'm going to give you a moment yep. in just a moment. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Our segment is DePietro Debate. With me is uh, Donna Perry. We're going to continue a lot more right here on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. Whether it's heating or cooling, you can depend on J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call them today at 401-351-7600. Listen, we still have a number of months ahead. You're going to need the heat. We don't know what's going to happen. March can still be chilly. April can still be obviously chilly, the heating season. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas high-efficiency carrier infinity system. They're energy efficient. They're quiet more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. Highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L., Carrier Factory, authorized dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 53 years, J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none. Technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. For a system replacement, oil to gas, for a heat pump, they're going to do it right. They're going to do it right the first time. And remember, with J.K.L. Engineering, they'll keep it nice and cool in the summertime and nice and warm in the wintertime. Central Air is a life changer. Central Air is a game changer. And right now, estimates are free. Financing is available. License in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, the original, the best, J.K.L. Engineering. Call them 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600 for J.K.L. Engineering. Remember, for your business, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-21. MEG, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Mega truck and trailer repair. FHWA inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer pickup and delivery. 24-hour mobile service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. 
mega truck and trailer repair. Call them 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110 for mega truck and trailer repair. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Our segment is DePietro Debate. With me is uh, my sister, Donna Perry. Uh, DJ, go right ahead. What was it that you were going to touch on? Because I, I still want to touch on some things that you mentioned in the piece that you wrote. And I did share it for all of our listeners out of thin air, the sure. uh, coronavirus chronicles. But go right ahead. Well, yeah. And I, I will say um, something I touched on in the piece, um, and I tried to u- use a little humor, but when they talk about this particular strain, apparently, of pandemic, and I think this goes to the argument the country is certainly at Trump's level is having right now. Uh, some of the, you know, renowned public health officials and epidemiologists um, mention that these kinds of strong strains, they come in waves, you know, so we hopefully get through a period of this separation, if it's going to be eight weeks, 10 weeks, which I really feel like any buddy talking about two weeks from now, I I, I think it's going to spike up. That's really not where it's going to go. But I mean, it's going to go longer. But they talk about that it can come and go in waves. And I feel um, and that's kind of frightening. But I I think then the government, you have to put protocols in place Um, that uh, that very well-known guy, um, Zeke Emanuel, when he was on the air and talking about he was trying to give some contrast, and he said, and, you know, well, you got to go all the way back to the Black Plague of the <laughs> Middle Ages, which he said on and off hung around for three centuries. Um, you know, I, I think we are, are certainly more advanced than that time period. So we, you know, we get control of, um, of pandemics. But um, I think to what you were saying a minute ago, J.D., this idea that um, a sort of a deadly germ and, you know, is it the bio germ, you know, warfare thing is now we see front and center the the level of threat, I believe, would exceed any weapon. Yes. Uh, Yeah. You know, because it's this whole idea. And that's what where Trump's frustration is coming through, like saying, so we're locking down, I don't know, the world, like every country. And, and by the way, there I want to just touch on, I caught um, a Harvard uh, economist was on the other, the other night with somebody, but he was saying a little contrary to what has been the prescription we're seeing from most of the government officials and governors. He said he's questioning, certainly, obviously, watching the, this really devastating blow to the economy. And he's saying, that there has to be a stronger balance between um, sort of the medical containment side of this. And he is very much questioning the idea, but it's been set in stone since China that you basically, you like shut down cities, shut down. And, and now it's being replicated across the world, you know, and that was his point. And he finds that is a little bit, he was cautioning that that should become a precedent for a, a germ invasion. I thought that was, you know, a very good point. I agree with them. And I think that's very strong. And, and let's touch on President Trump was saying you want to make sure that, uh, the, that the cure is not worse than the disease itself. Yeah. Um, I am also very hesitant. These people, and I think that's, that's an excellent point who made that about the effects. Just because China did that, um, we're not China. And the effects of shutting down the economy, and it is starting to become, we're just going to shut everything down. And the problem is, though, what's going to be left standing when you do reopen? Um, I know of just different people who already they're being laid off. And as you and I both know, as much as some of these people are just saying, just shut everything down. The question is, many small businesses, certainly restaurants, but many small businesses, it's not a matter of shut down. It's a matter of go out of business because they will never reopen. Right. And, and that's, that was kind of where that, and I, his name now escapes me, but that's, and I thought that was very, very uh, important uh, when you see we're having like this domino effect style of government. I mean, John, we're seeing this right up and down the Northeast from between Rhode Island, Mass, and you go beyond. I I do think you see that. Um, I mean, you're, you see levels of businesses shut, And then it was kind of like, I think it was one of the bigger companies in downtown Boston, one, one employee uh, tested for the virus 
And I think within days they were like, they like locked the door. Mm. <laughs> I mean, like a major yeah. um, financial company. And it was like, sort of like, okay, one adult, I get right. it. But they're saying, and I think this guy and what, in a way where Trump is leading this is saying, okay, we get it. New protocols. Absolutely. Right. Or, or could you have said seven days, anyone who works on the guy's floor or division, please work from home. But one week. I mean, there are ways to compromise yes. here, but you know, they shut a company where I think there was like 170 employees, multiple floors. Like, was that needed? And and that's what's happening. It's like one employee, so we have to like shut the town. <laughs> you well, know? you know what? You know what's know. interesting. You raise a very good point, and whoever was that initially had made it about new protocols, and I <clears throat> agree with that. And and it's it's kind of we're seeing the. It, it, and it kind of filters back to some people the way they treat their politics, which is it becomes the non-negotiable demand, the loud voice. They yeah. almost start to champion the moral authority. Uh, we've seen different instances. And I just for some reason think of schools where some people, they have an overreaction of things. And as Absolutely. a result of one incident, everything, you know, you can go back to there was one child that said they felt uncomfortable be about a father-daughter dance because they didn't have a father right. and boom that's it no more father-daughter dances those people are kind of starting to rule the day and i do see it online where there are different people that immediately move to no life is more important complete shutdown and a lot of it seems irrational absolutely and and i want to uh, point to um Charlie Baker in mass so what he has been facing now mass in just the past few days uh, they did decree, but he really, really, I thought, made uh, a very important point. He was distinguishing a stay-at-home advisory from like a mandatory government uh, lockdown or whatever you want to call it. And I thought that was so important. And I think, John, this kind of a unexpected calamity, really, the you know, the cream rises to the yeah. top. And what you're starting to see is government leaders who really have that above the grade yes. uh, capabilities and the ones who That's don't. Right. Uh, and I would just point to Governor Baker because he is not afraid to, he stood in front of a bank of reporters who were saying, uh, just to your point, they were saying, now there are these more local leaders, I think it was a guy in Framingham and this town and that, and they're saying, don't you think that you should just, you know, put in like lockdown and stay in a uh, state, you know, shelter in place and all these terms, oh. you know, and he said, I do not believe in the United States that a government official should, has any right to tell citizens that under mandatory, you cannot emerge from your house, go do an essential thing, take it, you know, whatever, if you have to go to CVS or the market. And I thought that was so important. Yes. He did not back yep. down. He did not, he's not going there. He said, people are adhering to this. They are doing, you know, sensible. I mean, you can't say there's not huge social separation. I mean, how could you say there's not? So I thought that was like a very important thing. And I do think I would contrast him a little bit um, not to pick, no, you know, criticize a tough time, but I do think Rhode Island's governor tends to do a lot of, she looks over her shoulder of what is next door doing. And I do think, you know, I know all the governors feel very sensitive about it. You, you want to keep people safe, especially when you have a high elderly population like Rhode Island does. But I do think you, you want to sort of communicate strongly, but not like a panicky kind of thing. Um, and I, I just think this is going to be a time when you're going to see, you know, governors who, who people who have very sharp leadership skills. And also, by the way, um, you know, Governor Cuomo in New York, I think is showing like very strong leadership skills. And I think they're capturing the ones who really know how to do this, J.D., they capture uh, the unease and the anxiety of the public and they are able to sort of communicate that, which is really strong leaders can do that. Not a lot of leaders can do that. At a time like this, you're issuing very tough, tough you know, regulations or edicts, but you also say like, hey, I know you feel uneasy about this. I know this is hard and your children are you know, just stuck in your living room. So, um, but I thought that was very important that Baker, to your point, He's a little bit, he's kind of drawn the line on some of these more local 
officials who who are kind of marching toward this panic of, you know, lock the state down. And he said, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. Mm. And and I think that was important. I mean, things are very strict right yes. now, but but he's not doing that. Uh, folks, you're listening to the John DePietro show. This is the DePietro debate coming up. We are going to talk about the White House, President Trump, more on the Rhode Island reaction. It's all ahead. Donna Perry with me on the John DePietro show. This portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by MEGA, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. I, listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals. 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 for MEGA Professionals. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today, your best lawn ever guaranteed, 401-392-1025, 401-392-1025, or online, they have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control annual program lawn care service they make great lawns happen lawn doctor Rhode island your lawn care company love your lawn best lawn guaranteed call them today 401-392-1025 free uh consultation and estimate 401-392-1025 lawn doctor and now is the time because you can get the early spring the crabgrass control time release fertilizer professional blend of high calcium line lawn doctor go online check them out it's lawndoctor.com or call them today 401-392-1025 lawn doctor you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go till 2 on am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website depetro.com with me it's uh, our segment is depetro debate uh donna perry one of my sisters donna depetro uh let's talk about uh donna perry the white house this is obviously um uh there's still they to me it's like ups up and down uh obviously no one was prepared for this but i'd like to hear your thoughts on how you think uh the latest now because it's very fluid but how president trump is handling this I think overall, um, I actually don't think he's he's showing some strengths that that sometimes he has. I, I actually think for a while he was I think he looks best when he's trying to look and really adhering to the medical side of it, which is the first problem. You know, and I do know it's very, very scary about the economy. But I, I think in just recent days, it's it's kind of risky talk for him at the podium to almost like be repositioning the problem with the way he operates um it's, it's like he's trying to reposition policy his own thoughts and u.s response like all at once sometimes in these like ad hoc tweets and that's just not matching the moment so i i do think um he he shouldn't if they're having private debates, that's very understandable behind the scenes, John. If you know what I mean, and I'm sure that they are. Um, it is very natural for a president to also feel very frightened to see the the U.S. economy <laughs> like careening toward, well, like what you know. So that's understandable. But I think sometimes he has a penchant for letting what should be internal behind the door debates kind of look, you know, fully um, public. I don't think this is a time for that. It, it's He's had many crises and, you know, the political fights and all that. That's one thing. But I, I would say, um, 
I think there's people around him and Vice President Pence, I think, is doing a very, very capable job. And, and people take pot shots. I think he's actually he just seems in very much command of the facts. I think he's been clear. He is the guy who seems to be the picture of calm. So they are a real counterpoint, you know, kind of team. Um, but I, I do think the loudest you know, central voice will always be coming from the president. So I think that you uh, sometimes his sort of freelancing style doesn't work for this moment. I think that he needs to they need to give the country uh, when you don't have an end date or an end zone in place. I think that he needs to try a little more caution, something he's not really used to. And, and I do think it's a little risky on two things. He should not be throwing out the names of these maybe, you know, uh, medications that kind of are out there, you know, that sort of can calm viruses, but we have no indication that's, you know, really an answer, A, because uh, I think there's a report that some poor man thought he was using an ingredient of this chlor- uh, hydrochloroxide or whatever it is, and it had a bad uh, outcome. I think that, you know, was a recent story out of Arizona. And I think he just should not be giving people a, this will all fee- be all set in the 1st of April. I don't know. I, I don't think there's anyone who believes. No. That. You know what else? I think we're seeing that whoever, whatever a government official, whoever they are, when they arrive at this moment, that's who they are. And the president there's, I think you're, you're exactly right, and there's several things, and they have to pivot out of, you know, still in campaign mode, you know, and checking the Twitter yeah. feed and still going after Biden. There's also an element of this, and I'm going to give him credit, and the former, uh, rest in peace, former mayor of Providence, Buddy CNC, my former colleague at WPRO, used to say, this is, he used to refer to it as the politics of snow, and saying there's many times politicians can spin numbers, they can spin job numbers, they can spin revenue numbers. They, but he said, but you can't spin. If a guy looks out his window and there's 10 inches of snow on his street and he can't get out of his driveway, that's the policy. You can't spin that. Right, right, This right. is, you can't spin it. The president wants to say that's his motive. It's going to get better. We're doing a good job. We're doing all those things. And then the numbers come out and it's getting worse. And yeah. th- there's just, there's no way around that. It's an uncontrollable force. Um, he, he got elected at a certain time with a different theme. Things have magically changed. I think, you know, I think you I agree with you. Vice President Pence, I think, has done a good job, very thorough. Obviously, Dr. Fauci has become a beloved figure and speaks with yeah. such authority. And we're glad that people, you know, uh, like him. But when he, they have to forget, almost forget about the election right now. And we know that Joe Biden is lurking and the Biden team. They are taking every opportunity to take shots. But um, what, you know, Steve Bannon, who had worked on the 2016 campaign, he had a good line saying that right now President Trump is running. He's not running against Biden. He's running against the virus. And they need to focus that. And this this is forget political mode, forget build the wall, forget, you know, Nancy Pelosi ripping up the speech. This is out of your control and people are dying. Yeah, and I I do think that's all exactly right. I think for the first time in his uh, very larger-than-life life, life, Donald Trump has met a foe that he really doesn't know how to vanquish. Um, And I I think that's – it's showing. You know, he's a little bit careening day-to-day. In his messaging, he's frustrated. You can't, like, sue the virus. You can't, you know, like send nasty tweets. I mean, it gets kind of ridiculous, but it's not ridiculous, you know, Um, but he has got to not use that podium to confuse the public, to send mixed messages. Uh, I I think epidemiologists, you, you know, it's not someone we listen to every day, but boy, I think you better listen right now. And if they think that you can just tell America, quote, you're going to be back in business, uh, like I say, around, I don't know, April 8th, like, John, that's fiction. Um, they, they know what this thing is. I think, to be fair, uh, that coordinator, Deborah Bricks, who I think she's, she's also fantastic. excellent. Yes. Now, she made, I think, and this could be a glimmer of hope for people to 
I, I think she's just fantastic. And like we say, sometimes um, calamity things, uh, you know, leaders sort of rise to the top and their great skills show. She has tried just in the past day or so, really trying to explain this a little more clearly to the public. And she said, look, the, it, the frightening thing you're seeing right now, and you're in hot spots like New York, et cetera, and, and some of these other communities. She said, the way this virus works, what you're seeing maybe right now is the result of 14 days back, because that's how they think how it germinates yes, in a person. Right. So, for instance, now we're seeing these spike numbers, and it's frightening, and they're jumping by 100 a day, 500 a day. Okay, you're going to see that. But what she was trying to explain is it germinates over 14 days. To be fair to ourselves, we didn't have all these protocols in place two or three weeks Correct. ago. We didn't. Right. So she's trying to give you a little hope and say, so if we will just all hunker down, go three weeks out from now, four weeks, let's see, like what she's saying, if this severe social distancing may be slowly working. And, and I just think as a country, if you understand the level of what this germ is, to say, do you got to go to the end of April or the first of May? Look, that's not that bad i mean it's just like i know that's easy to say but you know that's kind of what she was explaining so we and i do think the media and the way the report numbers have a responsibility to keep putting a little more context around this um and i just thought that was a like a really important way to to think about it because it did go from zero to 100 in terms of frantic and reaction yes. and closing yep. so you know and i think that's a really important way to think about the timeline so, yes, is it frightening right now? You have, what, 50% of all the infections are happening right in New York. Yes, that's very frightening. But to be fair, people are adhering. They, they're staying in. Yes. I mean, you know, and so I, I just think that, uh, and that goes to Trump's thing, like I don't think he should stand there and talk about uh, reopening the country in any short order. And I think Wall Street's lack this is a troubling sign for him for the future. We're going Go to touch on that. We're going to touch on that. And also, yep. what, what, just to say, the, the president wants to make sure he's not Larry the mayor in Jaws, who's saying the beaches are open, right. we got the shark, and then, you know, right. it gets worse. And that is a tendency for not only just him, but any politician to do it. Folks, um, stay with us. Coming up, our final segment, the DePietro debate, John DePietro, Donna Perry. It's all ahead on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland. Do you need a good plumber? Are you in need of a good plumber? You know, suddenly you have a plumbing emergency? Well, call Victor Quartz today at 401-714-8478. Whether it's problems with your pipes or your drain, repair and maintenance, you can depend on Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland. Family-run business over 20 years. Call Victor Quartz today at Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland, 401-714-8478. Fully licensed and insured, a plumbing service you can depend on. You're in need of a plumber, something wrong, the bathroom, the kitchen, some pipes, a drain, call Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland today, 401-714-8478, 401-714-8478. Family-run business over 20 years, call Victor Quartz at Quartz Plumbing today. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Our segment is DePietro Debate. With me is uh, Massachusetts communication consultant Donna Perry. And just to finish up on um, the Trump White House and also um, then we're going to touch. I do want to touch some more on Governor Raimondo and some local issues. What we're also seeing, though, DJ, is this is when we talk about, you know, there's a lot of things we both agree are going to change permanently from this, whether just schooling. And there are parts of this that will be good at it, you know, learning about remote yeah. schooling. And there is no reason when you think about it for a sick day. And then the child misses all those when many times they could either do it from home or, you know, now if it's online, it could be repeated or, you know, last year. And I was talking to Dan McGowan, the Boston Globe did that extensive series on gridlock in Boston. And 
And I think people are going to realize one way to get rid of gridlock and traffic and everything is to allow more people to work remotely and not have to go yes. to the office. But something else is, as a country, we can't allow the way that the personal division that we've had, and in many ways, it's been a political war, uh, all aimed, and the president is not fully to blame at this, because even through this, the actions of Schumer, Pelosi, we can't, it's like a dysfunctional family, and then something yeah. happens, and, and siblings that, or whoever, family members not speaking, and then you're thrown in a crisis. We can't, as a country, afford to have the animosity and civil war that's been going on. And people like, you know, you think about people like David Cicilline, Congressman Cicilline, bomb throwers on both sides. But then when you have a crisis, they've already deemed the person as, you know, so beyond repair that we've, yeah, we've, yeah. It's, it's almost impossible, if not impossible, to then come together in a moment of crisis. Absolutely agree. Uh, Schumer, I would add McConnell, and Pelosi. None of them look good right, right now. I mean, you know, the fact that, again, Americans have essentially, in large parts, have, have had their home, their household budget dumped, to, you know, to the ground. When you're talking about a lot of people just immediately out of work, suspended, okay, you're trying to get the benefits. And the fact that it has taken them these multiple days to nail down this $2 trillion oh, relief package... Um, I'm sorry. None of them look good. McConnell, they did blow it off for a quick weekend thing or whatever. They've been working on it. Now, you know, we're we're getting mid midway of this week. So I think none of them look good. And you're right, John, the partisan bickering. OK, Nancy, we know you hate Trump. OK, Trump, you, you want to call them names enough. This is an extreme emergency. Right. And I think any of his political advisors if they have, you know, uh, any sense of how to do this, they if anyone can get to him and say, listen, you you've got to keep trying to look presidential uh, Mnuchin, who I think has become a star, this Treasury secretary. He has apparently it's it's really now down to him uh, and Schumer because they felt McConnell and Schumer are slick to your point. They're so bitter with each other they felt it was better to have Mnuchin settle it that's you know? right and I think they're doing it so I do think that will come through you you can't have Americans impoverished or or but people will say to banks I I can't pay my mortgage what are you gonna do here you know I can't do this um I know the electric bill is piling up it's that it's that stark and it is that serious because you can't just pull up the rug and essentially take the you know, take the uh, wages and salaries away from people in such rapid fashion. So um, I do think at least they've got to get that thing out the door. Uh, and if we have one more moment, John, I, I do think I want to touch on long term impact, something that like you were saying, that could be very positive for many decades. This word of telecommuting has been kicked around. Yep. It has not essentially been long term embraced by corporate America. I think this whole pandemic, when it subsides, and it will, um, I think you, you, you are exactly right. I think telecommuting is going to take hold finally in a way that it never has. Because if you are a corporation, to your point, and you're saying, well, you know, uh, they can do a lot of the work on email. And, you, you know, I think that's, by the way, I think that's a victory for what we all talk about, this work-life balance for people. Yes. If you can do it two days a week from home, and I think the worker will certainly embrace yes. that. That doesn't mean you're not working, but it just means, you know, in terms of the crush of traffic five days a week into a city, I, I think it's, I think it could be the moment the telecommuting finally takes off. I agree with you. In a way, they could even start to, and again, I've been reading about it, um, but you would even start to, let's just say Boston with the crushing rush hour traffic. Yep. You could even start to do zones where certain, if your company is here on, on uh, Wednesday, that's your telecommuting day. So your workers all are supposed to work from home. So you do it. So you try to divide it and then you should never have the crush of, of rush hour traffic and these ridiculous commutes that we've seen. And it's more productive. And if you're a company, you can't afford 
And you think of the waste of time of your employees, right. an hour and a half right. each way in traffic and going to the train, and you don't need that. Let's come back to, I do want to touch on the governor. Um, I've tried to. I see at times that she's been firm, and I recognize it's a crisis situation. But I just see, in, like I said, in a crisis, everyone, they bring who they are at that moment to the crisis. Governor yeah. Raimondo, now, she still had been pre- recently very partisan attacking the president in some ways. The federal government is not doing anything. And what was so ironic was on the day that she was complaining about, quote, the federal government and they're letting us down and I don't know what's going on there. On that very day at the White House press briefing, they announced that Honeywell in Smithfield was now working with the government to make more masks. There was no moment with Governor Raimondo. I think that speaks volumes. If that had been uh, instead of her complaining about the federal government, she had a company in the town, Smithfield, right. where she grew up. <laughs> yeah. And there was no mention. She had nothing. What does it say that they didn't even go to her? They went straight to the federal government. Well, that's... this is one of those things, Donna Perry, where I talk to so many businesses who say they've been disappointed. And she immediately you know, tried to curry favor with the unions, with the election and signing that forever evergreen law. And where are you now? How are George Nee and Bob Walsh and the unions, how do you go to them for help in this crisis? They can't help you. Well, I I think that was so notable. And the fact that I think it's obvious that her and her Commerce Department's handprints were nowhere on this. See, I think this was done at other levels. I don't know if if Jack Reed worked a little magic. Somebody... Someone no, this was Honeywell that, direct to them. This was Honeywell right, direct to see, them. There was, and it's her ego yes. that she can't. Like, I thought that was a colossal embarrassment for her. Trump is standing at the podium yeah. saying, and he mentioned Smithville, Rhode Island. So I think where is her later having, you know, big press announcement? And I mean, that's that's where she looks very petty. You know, she's trying to like, I mean, come on, you're right, John. I mean, I thought that was, and that word was a little bit filtering. I think I saw it in Boston media sooner than that, that there, you know, and the fact that she can't make, she should have had like a really, you know, big moment on that and just say, we're glad we're doing our part. It came together through that company. Great. And I think that does show ego on her. That's not in a very flattering way. That, you know, in the middle of this, like, that's very petty. And she should say, I'm glad there's, by the way, you have all these out of work Rhode Islanders. I mean, shouldn't she be saying, hey, 500 jobs right there? You know, and again, though, it comes back to this is someone who she boycotted going to the inauguration because she was so upset. One of the few governors, if the only governor who did not go to President Trump's inauguration because she was so upset that Hillary Clinton had lost uh, with her staff. Uh, Brett Smiley, the others, uh, they are uh, haters to the end. Let's, um, in our remaining moments, just touch on your thoughts that the uh, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden uh, effort is basically seemingly over. Who knows if there's going to be a convention? Uh, Biden has really largely remained out of sight. and, And I don't think that's a bad thing right now, because what is there to talk about other than this and you know, as much as they're taking some shots at the president off camera, it, it really wouldn't show former Vice President Biden in a good light if every time you see him, he's knocking the administration's efforts Correct. on this. Yeah, yeah that, that's the thing. I think this is a, a time when it, it's kind of tough to be the who was obviously the presumptive nominee. Um, it is. I mean, you can't like you don't want to look overly political pot shots in in the middle of this. I you're right. I think. Bernie is just trying to use this time. I mean, obviously, they're going to bring the campaign down. You know, uh, I think that's kind of obvious. But he he hasn't had that big moment yet. He's getting oxygen and air by talking about, you know, he's, you know, there are fault lines in the health system. So I think he's a little bit like just trying to, you know, give some interviews and throw his some of his ideas out there still on that. But without being, you know, like, I think it's pretty obvious what's occurred here so it is kind of so odd in this point in the calendar and really in the next couple of months jd we've never seen where a presidential contest is almost shoved to the side as the media has to focus on this i would say one other thing to watch for the talk of an all-male ballot national 
vote. I think that's going to really increase. And certainly from the National Democratic side, the New York Times had a weekend op-ed kind of calling for it. And I think you're going to see that ramp up um, in the short term right now. Any like kind of a local, you know, there are always our little local elections for different reasons. Okay, and then the Rhode Island primaries bump to June. But I, I think that this is going to be a very big battle to wrestle with. I think national Democrats have long believed, and you've talked a lot about this over the years, J.D., and you're right on point that they, I see. I think they feel they have an edge if it's a mail ballot vote. I- because you know. uh, no, I, I absolutely agree. And just uh, as we wrap up, uh, something that is alarming, but it shouldn't be surprising. And that is it was the headline in the Sunday Providence Journal state uh, close to running out of cash. This is a state you and I yep. both know uh, you worked for Governor Kacheri, who was working to try to reduce the state workforce. I think I think at one point Governor Kacheri even had it down to 10,000 state workers. He did. It is now under Chafee and then Raimondo. It's been a boom. The state workforce is close to 16,000 people. If not, it could be like 15,600. But you're seeing, uh, and they were 200 million in the hole back before all of this broke back in February. What you are seeing is years of kicking the can down the road. And we've all wondered, what would it take to finally try to get the state under control or Providence, or Warwick, or Pawtucket, or some of the distressed cities, what you're seeing now and what's going to happen, I mean, this, when this thing is going to fall, this is really going to explode because there is just nowhere to hide. I I don't wish it on Rhode Island, but there are going to be states, states that that teeter toward bankruptcy out of this thing, John. And sadly, all their years of fussing around, yep. acting like they have all this money and throwing more employees. No, the, the, you're going to see some really dramatic downturn in the state. Uh, you may see some lost years ahead. I hate to say that. I'm not wishing that on Rhode Island, but I don't see any other way out yeah. of it. I mean, you you talk about just quickly commercial real estate and buildings. You, they think they got empty buildings in Providence oh, right boy. now. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were just saying, wait, wait, you know, Uh, folks, the segment is the Petro debate. It's uh, Donna Perry, uh, DJ. Great job. We'll talk to you again.